Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Rock and Roll With It podcast. My name is Sophia, and I'm here with my dear friend, Lacey. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about my birth stories, because we did Lacey's last time. But before we jump into all of that, I just wanted to do a check-in and see how my friend is doing. How are you doing, friend? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I thought this weekend was going to be uneventful and... Gibson woke me up in the middle of the night and was like, I threw up. And I was like, uh, no, you didn't. So anyway, we've been dealing with all of the vomit and things and and the toilet somehow flooded before all of that happened. So it's just been like a shitty situation. Ominous. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, for sure. So this weekend has been like, eh, you know, not horrible, but not great. It's just been a lot going on. Um, and before we jump into how you are doing, I have yeah. a little something that I have to get off my chest. Uh, confession time. <laughs> so our executive producer, <clears throat> my husband, Corey, uh, <laughs> noticed that we, and when I say we, I probably mean me because it was my birth story episode, mentioned how we had potty mouths and we cursed a lot and oh it was for sure the blame was shared (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I just want to say that like we don't I don't cuss all the time but Mm -hmm. I do cuss and sometimes I will cuss more than other times and that's just who I am and I won't apologize for it and I'm not gonna change or censor who I am either like I'm going to be true to myself and sometimes that might involve an f-bomb so I just wanted to say that um I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's the same way with me like I've been I'm not I am known to say the things that I probably shouldn't say that's been that way since I was a child um and it's gotten more graphic I guess as I've become older but yeah I don't cuss all the time either but honestly if you've had a baby and you're in that mindset those words come out of your mouth yeah it 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 just does yeah so I mean I don't it be like that sometimes, right? Like yep. that meme that keeps going around it be like yeah, that yeah it be like that sometimes and that's totally the truth and we're trying to share that girl night experience, girlfriend experience where you're like being honest and raw with one another. And I wouldn't censor myself in front of you anyway. So it's kind of like we aren't really doing this to we aren't having like an this isn't an oral presentation. This no. is the two of us having a moment that we're deciding to intimate, share with other yeah. people. Yeah. It's an intimate so, conversation that involves curse words and I am yeah. who I am. And yeah. that's all that I am. I'm a I'm a ball of curse words sometimes. So sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it sucks to suck. I yeah. Mean, I don't know what to say to that other than like, yeah, I could have used like a handful of less f bombs. Guaranteed, I could have gotten through it. I don't know if emotionally I could have gotten through it with mm-hmm. less, but it's there. Yeah. So, so anyway, I yeah, know, I just man. I just wanted to touch base with that. Like, you're gonna hear 
us cuss sometimes. And that's why on our podcast it says explicit. So you have like a little small warning. And like when we notice it's super like amped up, like in my birth story, we will also (laughs) tag that NSFW, which is not suitable for work or, you know, and if it's not suitable for work, it's probably not suitable for children. So just keep that in mind. Like we'll do our best to warn you, but it's going to happen. Yeah, and honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably listened to other podcasts. And if you're, like, circulating in this community, there's a lot of words that go around. So I don't know that it's not happening. And if you're like me and you're listening to it in the car, kids are probably already hearing those words anyway. (laughs) Yeah, right? No kidding. I'm from Los Angeles. So um, my children... (laughs) I will say that I'm pretty good about saying things like frickin' idiot. Yeah. And Nico's even started to, like, police me on that. And I'm like, you can't have everything. Okay. I can't. Like, I have to tell her, like, you can't call kids stupid or you'll get kicked out of gymnastics. But then I say stupid. And she's like, you can't say stupid. And I'm like, I am a grown. You know what? Fine. Yeah. Fine. For posterity, fine. Like, oh, my gosh. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. So now no, that you're, now you're that I've got it off fine. my chest, how are you doing? Good. Like how how's your week been? Oh man, this week was one of the weeks that you can't believe only lasted seven days. Oh yeah, but it was it was just one of those things that just stacked right on top of each other, like disappointing doctors visits. But there were um, bright spots. Uh, we got some things accomplished for our move. We cleared EF. We had the interview for EFMP, and then we cleared it. Already. So we're already approved for travel. EFMP is the Exceptional Family Member Program. It's a medical program within um, the military. It's a way of sorting families that may require um, specialized medical care, which is something that we'll be able to go over um, in the future anyway. So we'll dive into that separately. But I was able, it's a bear to get through. (laughs) Yes, it is. and they told us when we accomplished the um, or we concluded the interview on Tuesday, they were like, oh, 14 business days is the earliest we can hear back. And we were like, OK, well, I'm thinking a month easily. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm not hearing anything from anybody for at least a month. They called us back on Thursday. What? And they're like, you're you're cleared for travel. And then Nick went in and did the second part of EFMP and uh, the which they call a warm handoff now. Oh. And oh. it was done, which is awful. <laughs> I right? don't oh, like. Yeah, I don't like I that. <laughs> Do you know what's super funny though? So this lady um tells Nick, uh, she's like, he was like, I've never had to do this before. We've moved, like, you know, a, this is not new to me. I don't know. I've never had to do this, but with the FMP, she goes, yeah. Well, somebody was complaining. Some uh, families were complaining to Congress that they were not receiving proper care or representation so now we all have to do like she was being very snotty and putting blame on families and he goes oh actually and she started to get like families that had this and this and this and nick brought up that we actually can't do that well the funny thing is is one of the people that brought it up to congress is actually a friend oh wow and so nick was like yeah this person brought it up to congress we actually know she goes oh so you know all about it. And he's like, yeah. So it was kind of an uncomfortable moment mm. because, like, what is it? It doesn't cost you anything to have a five-minute conversation with 
I mean, my family has it very easy compared to a lot of other families. Yeah. I mean, especially my children aren't even in school. So this interview was literally checking, you know, pencil whipping it. Right. But there are people who have very real needs. So it was just kind of an I'm just glad I wasn't there because I would have been like, I would have just like hid in the corner and like left. But Nick was very, I don't know, it like hit a place with him where he was like, Families need things, and we don't have to apologize. Yeah. Also, it costs zero, zero cents to be a decent human being. Like, Yeah. Like, you're an EFMP. What, there are people who have children that have congenitive heart defects. Yeah. And you're like, you're just needy. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Well, and I you can promise turd. you. I can promise you there are also a lot of families who are on EFMP who do not want to be or need to be, which we can yeah. go into that a whole nother time. I used to be one Absolutely. of those people when I was like, what the crap? What are you yeah, doing kids, to me? I need a peds GI. Like, mm. uh, why? I don't. Yeah. This is very simple. Like, yeah. we're moving to an area that's highly populated and there are dozens of options. Yeah. So UC just... Davis is uh, kind of <laughs> renowned. Clutch. Yeah. Clutch. I'm very excited about that. So yeah. it was just like weird Mm. but yeah that was our week but it seems to have hit we've hit a good stride so having full optimism that this going into this week is going to be good oh we lost the remote yesterday and gabe lost her we thought gabe lost her whatever and so we ripped the house to shreds till the like literally like the end of the night Mm. and i cleaned like a maniac like we were moving i was cleaning and nick was like (laughs) As he's looking at the couch, he's like, I really hope that you have the remote hidden somewhere and you just wanted the house clean and you really know where it is because I'm like getting really upset. Like he had a quiver in his voice. I was like, I would never do that. So then I go upstairs and no joke, the pillowcases that we had checked like 87 times had the remote in it 15 Uh... minutes later after he said that. And I was like, I swear I didn't do that. And he was like, I think aliens took it and then like did an experiment on our family and saw that we were breaking, felt bad and put it back. Yeah. Like things (laughs) that will make me fill with rage are missing remotes. And it just must be a boy thing because Gibson, he carries that thing everywhere with him. Like we have found it in the most ridiculous spots. Like they're little thieves. He took uh, the top of my humidifier today. What a monster. It's gone. Mm. He's such a monster. Yeah. That's exactly the word. Oh, whatever, dude. Rage. I'll find a spare or something. <laughs> like, gosh. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. it's just been, it was worse than I wanted it to be, but it could have been way, way, way worse. Right. Can relate. Yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. So now that we've checked in with each other and we've got that kind of out of the way, um, lovingly out of the way. Let's jump into <laughs> OMG, That's So Meme. So I picked one that's with that guy. I never know names. God forgive me. Uh, from Office Space, who's the boss, and he's got those horrible suspenders. Yeah. And it says, yeah, so if this baby would just go ahead and be born, that'd be great. <laughs> because <laughs> both of my children took eons to be born. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, that does Nothing makes more sense to me than... Than this one. Also, like, if any of you have watched Friends, which if you haven't, I mean. What are you doing alive? (laughs) I think that that's a lie, honestly. But when Rachel is in the waiting room, that was me the entire time. Or in the, the, not the waiting room. 
Yeah, the Packy or whatever it is, yes. the portion. And she's like, she's going to have the baby before me. Like, yep. that was me the entire time. Oh, that's miserable. The entire time. I was just so mad and mean to everybody. So okay. that's my meme. Yay. Go ahead and check. One. Go ahead and check it at our Instagram, which is Rock and Roll With It Podcast. Um, and send us your labor and delivery memes because weirdly I did not find that many options which I was fully shocked yeah I I kind of ran into the same thing when I was searching for it I was like wow yeah. there's like five to choose from and millions were... of women are procreating like what is going on yeah I feel like this is an untapped audience but also there was a ton of people who had e-cards just shitting on husbands while pregnant which I thought was hilarious <laughs> yes because those are moments where we have like we can all relate where we're, one of them said something like note to self it's not okay to kill your husband because you think the way he breathes is stupid and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but... like we've all had unsubstantiated rage yes <laughs> when while we're pregnant for sure oh, okay man. so before we get like started into all of this I have a couple of questions um yeah. we need to know how many kids you have what their names are okay. how old they are and why you named them what you named them okay let's do that i have two children uh is the next one their age <laughs> yeah yeah sure it would yeah. it doesn't have to be in the specific order you can i just don't remember go. what you asked. okay so <laughs> age names okay, and age. why okay so i have two kids um Nico is three and Gabe is just turned 17 months, which I feel like is a silly age to say. Yeah. Months, but the age between one and two, there's a lot going on still. Yeah, so once for we sure. hit two, I let it kind of ride because He's there's a 72 lot. months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's a big difference between like a one year old who's 13 months and a one year old who's, you know, 18 months. Yeah, like, yeah. You're doing different stuff yeah you're a different kind of tired yeah so Gabe just turned 17 months and so Nico's full name is Nicolette Evangeline um oh here's a backstory okay um we are Greek and Greek Orthodox um for our religion and it's Greek tradition to wait like if you're actually in Greece um you wait to name your children um, oh. It's very typical to wait up to 40 days okay. to name your child because you ha- we have what's called the 40-day blessing. So for 40 days, you don't go back to church after you have a baby. You are, like, staying at home and resting and recovering and all of that. And then you come back after 40 days into the church. And it's this really beautiful ceremony that's private. It's just you, your spouse, and your child and or other children that you may have and the priest prays over you as the mother and the child but oh, it's cool. mostly for the mother like praying for your healing your heart your soul thanking you for having this baby like it's wow. very emotional and yeah. very powerful to just have that moment of being like look what you did yeah that's what you awesome. did is sacred so right. it's very common to wait until 40 days out. Now, we're in America. You cannot do that. You can't just take your baby out. But it is, we do name our children backward in the way that we find the meaning for the name and then gift it to the child because we believe that the names are a gift. Okay. So I did not name my children. I didn't find the name and then find the meaning and then like that. We found the meaning and then chose the name. Okay. Very cool. 
Yeah, her name is Nicolette Evangeline, and uh, Nicolette means victory of the people, and Evangeline Evangeline means messenger of good news. And she was all of that (laughs) when she was born. Um, And she is also named after her father. My husband's name is Nick. And um, it's kind of kismet that his Nana and my Nana, my Nana's name is Eva, and his Nana's name was Evelyn. So oh, cool. we named her Evangeline. Yeah. yeah it I all like worked out once yeah. we got what we wanted okay. um, in terms of a meaning and the gift we wanted to give her. Yeah. It just made, like, it was all just stars aligning for Yeah. Her. That's way and cool. And then, yeah, we really do love their names. And then, um, which is funny because not a lot of people do, but that's a separate issue. Yeah. Who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of hope you don't so that you don't take it. <laughs> yeah. Also, keep um, your opinions to yourself because they're my kids, not yours. So, yeah, that. I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, we have a boy. His name is Gabriel Atticus, and his name means God is my strength. And oh. Atticus is actually um, th- a male version of the name Athena. And okay. Nick was die hard on Athena. And I was like, listen. If we have a Greek little girl, we name her Athena. What if she's tall like you, dark haired like me, and hairy like you? We cannot do that. No. She will be the butt of all of the jokes. Yes. We cannot do this. My husband is like the ginger brawny man, big Scotsman. And I'm like, I don't know that we could. We can't. So it was a compromise. And also, To Kill a Mockingbird was, to sound cliche, was the very first book that I read as a young, young child. That's such a good book. I read it way before school or anything um, that moved me. Yes. In a very real way. Because I don't, I mean, crucify me for this. I think that that book is so much better than Huck Finn or anything else like that. I do not like... I do not like those books. No, I don't care for them. I mean, they're not... I really have no opinion on those books, but I remember Atticus Finch growing he, up. Like, he yes. stuck with me. The pillar of humanity. Yeah. In that book. Yes. Of acceptance and quiet but steadfast goodness. Yeah. Very so, noble. Absolutely. So we gave him that name, not just for the book and because his mother is a book nerd and (laughs) Nico is named after her dad. And so Gabe gets to carry something from me and my heart. But um, it's the male version of Athena, which is wisdom and war and battle strategy. So all of those good things for our children to carry through them on their journey. I love it. That's see, that's cool. Me, I was just like, yeah, music, you know, rock and roll. But those are like, yeah, I love good name. Yeah, but I love the theory and the process behind it. You know what I mean? Like the gifting, the the orthodox belief in all of it. I think is very unique and very cool. Um, it's it's pretty special. I'll give yeah, you that. yeah. Okay, so next is. Um, how old were you when you had them and how long did it take you? Like, did you have any um, struggles with conceiving? Got it. Okay. So I was 27 when I had Nico Mm -hmm. and it took us, see, that's kind of a, 
uh, this explains some things, but it's kind of a loaded question in the way that when I was, I have endometriosis. So when I was 20, 21, I went to the doctor and they were like, listen, there's nothing we can do for you. Uh, You can be on this hormone therapy, but ultimately you're going to have to have your kids and then we're going to have to give you a hysterectomy. Like there's just no way around this. Your family's all gone through this. This is what it is. And so I did the hormone therapy for a while so that I could get some other health issues recovered and surgeries and stuff. So she was six years in the making. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but we had two solid years of trying without a successful pregnancy. We did lose – we had two what they called spontaneous abortions, um, which which are – it's hard when you have endometriosis because you can be very pregnant and not pop positive on a P-test because – Really? Um, yeah, because the endometrial lining is so – sorry, guys. We're raw here. But the endometrial lining is so thick that it can mask the hormone. Okay. Because it, it's not – Because it scars over time. Uh, yeah. Right? And it's not – like the P-tests aren't um, – what's the word I'm looking for? As sensitive as a blood test. Mm. So if you were to look on a blood test, you'd be like, yes, they're pregnant. However, if you're looking at a urine test, it may not actually pop, but it's very common for people who have endometriosis. You start getting all the symptoms. You're, you know, you're sweaty. Everything smells wrong. You're stressed out. You're, you know, it's, it's weird. And then you're two weeks late for your period maybe three weeks late and then all of a sudden you get a period and you're like, oh, I guess I wasn't pregnant. And then a week later you get a super period and you're like, okay. okay." So there's some differences each time, but we had two of those and it took a long time to like have everything level out. Mm. And then um, we got pregnant with Nico. So it was two years of trying and then, and then her. Oh man. So she's a little rainbow baby. Yeah, a double, she's my double rainbow baby. And then mm-hmm. with Gabe, was it, how old were you when you had him, and was it a lot easier to get pregnant with him? Yeah, okay, so I was 29 when I had Gabe, Okay, and yes, because there's this window of healing. When you're pregnant, it's, it's the hardest thing to explain to people who don't really have an understanding, but your uterus winds up getting like, your endometrial cells grow outside of your uterus. And so it can create these kind of like scab like things or whatever. So mm-hmm. while you're pregnant, nothing's growing. So okay. everything is calming. Nothing, no endometrial cells are growing. I should say okay. your baby's, you know, obviously growing, but everything else is calmed down to support the baby. Okay. So you have a certain amount of like recovery time, I guess, if you can call it that. Um, and so they give you a window of when you should try for your babies. And so it's very common. They always say like, it's hard to get pregnant the first time, but if you can do it, then you have the next one right on top of it. You should have a great chance. And Nico was two years in the making and Gabe was, I mean, mom, mom, stop. <laughs> mom, st- <laughs> Mama, if you don't want to hear this. Um, Nick came home from in the middle of a flight school mm-hmm. and literally one night. Oh, my gosh. And then he was he was only here for two nights and there was one encounter. And it was one of these encounters. Okay, let's just grow up, everybody. If there was one of these encounters when you're in a military relationship where they come home and you're like trying, you're like, it's like three in the morning and you're exhausted and both of you are just like, uh, I missed you. I miss you too. Uh, okay. Um, I'm really tired. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so 
it was just so funny because I remember telling Nick, watch me be pregnant. And we had just decided, like, when you get back, we'll try. And he was like, okay. And so when he came uh, home for that time, he, like, came home. <laughs> he and, came like, home. Three... Oh, no! <laughs> he came home. Great. Now I want to die. Fantastic. Uh, he did come home from that time. Oh, my God. I want to die. Oh, my God. I want to die. I'm I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean I'm to do that to you, but like I couldn't. This. I couldn't let it go. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. I'm not. Anyway, when he returned uh, from the trip, I told him uh, the next morning, I was like, watch me be pregnant and watch it be a boy so that he can be like jumping on board and be like see everyone's great this is perfect because we didn't have time we didn't know when we were gonna see each other i was like and watch it be a boy so he can always have your back stop being so intuitive okay that's where he was it's creepy you want to know you want to know what's even weirder when i was growing up everyone always said like what I don't know why this question got asked a lot, but it did when I was a kid, like in a like classroom setting in terms of like a get to know you kind of thing. Uh-huh. And they're like, what do you think your favorite year is going to be of your life? I don't know why, but it just was like it was like an icebreaker That's question. That's so I said, weird. I know. I don't know. Maybe growing up in California, it's very like hippy dippy. Maybe. But uh, I remember saying 27. 27 is going to be the very best year of my life. And that's when I became a mom. Aww. And so all of those years, like, that's very, very weird. But yeah, yeah. that is weird. Superpowers. Woohoo. Okay, now <laughs> I'm going to give you the reins to just, like, jump in to the birth stories. Oh, Yeah, okay. I know this is going to be hard for you, and I know. I know. I know. I but have never, just... yeah, I've never heard a word <clears throat> about these birth stories, so this is my first time hearing these. Um, it, Sophia does, she doesn't talk about it. She's never talked about it. Um, so I know this is going to be difficult for you and I really appreciate you going there and I think it'll be cathartic for you once it's over. So let's just Uh, take your time and go through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then people can stop asking me. Yeah. (laughs) Then you don't ever have to do it again. Yeah. Cause I can be like, go listen. Right. And it comes from the most loving place. It's just been a really hard experience. So... With both of my children, I had something called, I have delicate health. Like, it's going to be, it's just something you're going to have to buy into in order to to comprehend all of this. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I hate when people are like, oh my God, one more thing. Like, must be really hard for you. But anyway, um, (laughs) I had something called hyperemesis, which means that you get sick and throw up all the time. Um, It's not just that. Um, but it's classified as an obscene amount. We're talking like 20, 30 times a day. Is you it? You lose body weight. You can lose your teeth. You can lose your hair. You can up, it ups your chance of miscarriage by 20%. Oh my gosh. dehydration. Like you gotta be, I used to have to go get fluids and stuff all the time. Isn't that what Princess Kate had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had that with both of my kids and, um, then at the very end, end of my okay well I won't I won't go into that thing with Nico until afterward so okay. I had hyperemesis that's all I knew at the time so then I I everything's going fine she looks great she is developing on time everything looks wonderful um she's a very busy 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 baby and um 
the kind of busy that you could see my stomach like morph across the room. Oh, wow. And she was very interactive. So like you could play a song or whatever and she would just immediately wake up and respond. Aww. Or you could like poke on my belly and she would poke on the other side. Like mm-hmm. she was very, she was already playing with us. Aww. And uh, it was just, yeah, it was great. That's so, so fitting. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so then exactly, right? Messenger of good news. Yes. So we had this baby I'm laboring uh without dilation so I'm just having a lot of like sort of raw raw pregnancy and then the last month happens go ahead I was just gonna ask did you go to term with her yeah so I had her 40 and 3 okay so um I gained, and this is how sick I was. I mean, I'm not as small as you by any means. I'm five foot four, and I had only gained, uh, I was much heavier at the time, but I only gained 14 pounds with her. What? And so, yeah. And then, um, if that puts any, you know, perspective into anyone's mind, the average person is encouraged to gain like 25 to 30 pounds. Um, so I had her, um, having only gained 14 pounds. So the last month of pregnancy was pretty excruciating because I was having hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of very real contractions, not Braxton Hicks, like the mm. real deal, but with no dilation, oh. um, pretty much every night for the last month. And oh. I would have to go in and get sent back or whatever. So the last time I went in and, um, they admitted me because they're like, you've gone, you know, so far. We're going to give you a round of Cytotec, right? Mm. And I was like, okay, that's a cervical softening medication. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that or whatever. I call my mom. My mom's in L.A. She drives up from L.A. My mom comes up. It takes about five and a half hours to drive up. Um, So my mom got there, and then they sent me home. I had no change. Oh. And I was like, oh, what? Now, my mom works medical malpractice. So my mom was like changing hats from mom hat to I'm a mess stuff up hat. And she was <laughs> like, you cannot just send her home. So they sent me home anyway. My mom's like, whatever. We go home. But my mom's like, listen, I'm watching all of you. All of you. All of the time. <laughs> so we go home. My water breaks. Okay. And I had told them my water had broken before. Oh, really? Can't, yeah. So here's the weird thing, right? They're like, yeah, it's broken, but it's recovered or repaired itself. It can do that. So my water broke and repaired itself three separate times because it wasn't a full break. It was a leak. Oh, no. So she could move and plug it in enough time for it to, like, regenerate, which is kind of a fancy, amazing thing as a human to know that you've got a shot. But, like, honestly, (coughs) so Nick would laugh that they were going to do an ultrasound and they would be like, yeah, no, you're in labor, but, like, she's got a chip clip in there. (laughs) And you're stuck. (laughs) So we go in there. We come back. We they let me go home at like ten. I got back at six o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, dude. They're like, the second you feel it, come in. So I did, and I brought my underwear, and they tested it, and they had what they were able to see amniotic fluid, which Mm -hmm. shows a a thing that's called ferning, which looks like little snowflakes under the microscope because I made them show me. Because oh, of who cool. I am as a person. I was right. like, show me the ferning. Let me say. So, yeah. So they showed me and they start hooking me up. They give me two more rounds of side attack. And that's Sunday night or Sunday morning. I'm doing the side attack and everything's getting pretty gnarly, but nothing is going anywhere. <sighs> then they decide to give me Pitocin. Uh... And 
and I get the Pitocin, and I'm doing the Pitocin thing, and I, this is going for, and forgive me that I'm just like very confused on how everything works out, but understand that all of this happens with the fogginess of my memory and a lot of it intentionally blocking out for reasons that we'll explain later, 72 hours from when I got Oh my god. In on Sunday to when Nicolette was born. Seventy-two oh. hours. So this is all oh, no. kind of like stacked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they give me Pitocin and they won't let me get out of bed. Which of is the worst yeah. fucking idea. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they did like, that to me too. I, so mind you, I also told you delicate health. I've had a hip rebuild surgery because I was in a really gnarly car accident. So she's sitting on my hip and it feels like my pelvis is going to crack. And I'm like, I have to get out of bed. I have to get out of bed. They're like, no, no, no. You know, because that's the voice I give everyone I don't like. And I'm so irritated. So ultimately they come in and it's been I believe I did Pitocin inside a tech for over 24 hours. Oh my and I gosh. only, and I couldn't even dilate to a three. What That's all I heck? could get. And so the doctor comes in and he's talking to my mom and he's talking to Nick and they're like, listen, we got to calm your body down. Your body's in full shock. If we don't get you to rest, you won't dilate. And yeah. we're going to have to have a C-section. You guys and are I was stressing like, me out. <laughs> yeah, like, let me get up. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want pain meds and he or epidural. And he's mm. like, well, let's try pain meds. And I'm like, I don't want to do pain mm. meds. Yeah, no. So I finally agree, begrudgingly, because I'm like, what am I supposed to do, honestly? And that's probably the worst feeling about pregnant or, or labor that you and I have both experienced is the helplessness and honestly, the overall override right that comes in a lot of situations where you're like excuse me I'm a human person yeah having a baby you shouldn't get to override my wishes right this is my body but also you're kind of like in a lot of ways you're stuck between a rock and a hard place yeah for sure so I agree to the pain meds and I looked at the doctor because I knew him intimately because Nick and I had, well, that sounds inappropriate. But, um, <laughs> right. Gosh, he had, girl. <laughs> he had helped me in other capacities with um, OMT and he's, he'd seen me before. And my husband actually worked on his unit, on his service. Mm, okay. So um, uh, he had told me, we're going to give you the pain meds. It's going to calm you down. You're going to be able to get some rest. And then hopefully you'll dilate when you wake up. Well, we're just looking for a nap at this point. And I'm like, all right. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to have a reaction to this medication. I cannot be put on medication. And he looked at me and I was the only person, the only pregnant lady. So I said, are you, are you staffed fully? And he said, why? Cause no one was listening to me. Of course. Nobody. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not okay on pain meds. And he was like, you're going to be fine. And I was like, are you fully staffed? And he goes, yeah. And I said, all right, are you ready? Give it to me. And the second they gave it to me, within five minutes, what happens to me when I get pain meds is I get fight or flight. Oh. And I got, conv- like, there's no convincing me that you are right or that I am in a safe place. Yeah. Because instantly I start to think this fearful thing. Someone's going to take my baby. They're going to take mm. my baby. I have to, they're going to take my fucking baby. The baby that I tried for years for, they're going to take my baby. 
And it makes no sense why you feel this way, but my heart rate goes through the roof. My blood pressure goes to stroke levels. Like, I'm nuts, and people are panicking. Well, yeah. And then I just stand up. And then this these ladies start to push me in bed, and my mom comes over, and I give my mom, and she describes it. She's so funny. She goes, and you're you're standing there in your salmon sports bra and your wild hair, and you have no pants on, and these women are trying to help you get in bed, and they're, mind you, they're airmen. Like, these are fit women, <laughs> yeah. and you're just, like, standing there, and you're just, like, warrior status like I was going to annihilate anybody as I left the hospital with no pants that was Mm. the plan because if (laughs) I I can explain (laughs) if I can explain the panic that I feel when I'm on this medication I'm certain I'm gonna die and it feels like it feels like somebody's got you in the trunk of a car and it's getting dark and you can see people that you love and you're telling them I'm going to die. Someone's going to take me and do something horrible. And then they go, shh. And then they shut the trunk. Oh, that is the, I cannot imagine. That is how I feel every single time I get pain meds. Oh, I hate Any pain Any kind of pain meds. Yeah. I don't like the way it makes me feel either. I don't feel that way, but it does make me feel some way that I do yeah. not like. Yeah. It's it's not okay. The only yeah. thing I have ever been able to tolerate mildly is Norco, and that was not an option at the time to do what they wanted to do. Okay. So they gave me the medication. I lost my damn mind. And then they were, like, screaming for Benadryl in order to give me Benadryl. And I kept telling my mom, I'm not breathing. I'm not breathing. I'm going to die. Oh, no. And she's going – and she's. I must have been doing this for hours because I kept waking up and, like, I kept having this – thought to my mom and she looked scared for a a few times and then there were times where she was like no 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 you're okay you're okay and I would fall back asleep Hmm. then so mind you once they had given me the drugs I'm insane because I don't come off of these drugs lightly it takes days for me to like work it out of my system so they gave me this medication and all I remember is Nick walking in and out of the hallway, right? Because he had gone home to shower. Mm. Because remember, he'd been home for, he'd been at the hospital for like a, this is like a day and a half in. Yeah. So he went in to go take a shower because I'm at like a three. And my mom and him, when they had decided to poison me, and my mom came back, or Nick came back. And um, I remember the conversation that was had was two things because I was so combative. They either needed to tie me to the bed, like get me to the bed. They're like, we need to get her in the bed. So this is no. well, to be to be honest, Lacey, I was like going to punch people. That's so like dark. Age I understand shit. that. Yeah, yeah exa- but this, still, that's this like had turned real ugly because it was for protection. So they weren't saying that per se, but I I heard the conversation in the way of we have to get her to. Stay stop right yeah and I was like well first of all you poisoned me so you get what (laughs) you get and you don't get upset yeah um but they were like we have to take her legs from her we have to get her to settle down so we can calm her heart rate down like we got to do all the things you know like when you were talking about how you had to get oxygen to like get Mm -hmm. everything situated that's what they had to do oh man I remember standing there and this doctor is so sweet this man is so kind and so timid and he walks in and he's like staring at me and he's like I think we have to 
talk about an epidural now. And or Nick said that Nick was like, we have to do an epidural. He goes, I'm not going to do that. Look what the last thing I suggested. Look what happened. I'm not going to do that to her. And Nick was like, we have to. She's and it was so sweet. He's like, she's going to punch one of your nurses in the face. Like, this is not an option. If she if somebody comes up and tries to give her care, she's going to retaliate because she thinks you're going to take her baby, dude. And he's like, "Okay." So Nick comes in and I'm like, he's so funny. He goes, you were ready to square up with me in a way that I've never seen. And I told you we had to give you an epidural. And I put my hand in his face and I said, that's not the plan. And you already did your thing. You don't get to do another thing. And he goes, Sophia, you can't, you're like making people afraid to come in here. And I said, and I, I very don't really like remember this, but I do remember the tone of fear and anxiety and hostility and trying to leave. I remember that. That's crazy. So I agreed. Yeah. You can't give me meds. So I agreed to the Pitocin and all I remember at that or the epidural and all I remember is talking so much unruly shit to Nick that everyone was laughing and very afraid and I was going like you're fucking baby like just being really awful to him and I was like when I get out of here I'm gonna kick your ass like I'm just getting being like so major mad. exorcism vibes like that's as all, you're I'm not even exaggerating story, I am like picturing like the exorcism in the original where she's it's, like, yeah, your, your mother's a whore and like just it's, like all kinds it's of so stuff. bad. It's so bad because I cannot explain to you. I am when this medication hits me, I affects me. I am certain I'm going to die and oh, no one is listening to me. That is just crazy. So I'm just mad, right? Yeah. I'm mad at him. They're giving me the epidural. The epidural, unlike for you, works for me. They get me down. I sleep. OK, I wake up. And I'm conscious at this point. Everything's starting to make sense. And then I can't feel my legs. And I'm like, what the hell happened to my legs? He goes, we gave you an epidural. I was like, you did what? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. She's back. (laughs) And so I make them turn off my epidural. Okay. So they turn off my epidural. They, oh, no, I agree to keep the epidural on for a little bit because I finally dilated to a four. And they said, Uh once we get you to a four, we can get you to a 10. It's just going to take a while. We're going to leave you on the epidural for will you agree to stay on the epidural for a few more hours and we'll we have to we can triple it and I was like whatever because I'm done so they kept me on it for I don't even want to say it was that long maybe three hours I gave them like three hours Mm -hmm. they got three hours and I was like you're pulling it off whether or not I'm not staying on this medication I don't want it to be in me so they do what they need to do they got me to attend they pull off the epidural before they get me to a 10. And <laughs> my dear, dear friend, who was also a doctor there, who we will call her Pistol for this so that people don't know who she is. She calls me the night before and she's like, hey, here you're still there. I just got back from a trip and uh, for work and now I'm at a concert. I'm three beers deep. Do you want me to deliver your baby? And I was like, sure, please. (laughs) Absolutely. She goes, all right, I'll see you in the morning. And so she called and she was like, hey, it's Pistol. I'm sober now. You want to have a baby? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, all right, I'm going to have someone check you and I'll be right up. Wow. So she comes up 
That was the one benefit of having Nick work the ICU for five years there is we got to handpick our team. So the head anesthesiologist was there. Everybody was who I wanted. There were no oh, phase two wow. students. I didn't get to choose any. Like everybody. I was like, I was Beyonce. Yeah, so, but I did. You know, it was pretty medieval all the way around. So they, she comes in. She's like, you have to. We're going to bear down for an hour. And I love her because she's very holistic. She's like, we're not going to do anything. We're going to put you in a very uncomfortable position. We're going to let gravity do the work. And you're going to sit here for an hour until you cannot, at least an hour. She's like, until you can't take it anymore. Until you feel like she's jumping out. I was like, all right. So I get to an hour and I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm going to high five her real soon. So she checks and she's like, yeah, let's go ahead. They reconfigure the bed and we start to rock and roll. Mm Mm-hmm. And mind you, this is Tuesday at noon. Oh, my gosh. And I have had an epidural for just a brief amount of time. So if I can explain the exhaustion to you. So I start pushing and she is like amazed because she's like, once we get you to eyebrows, like that's it. Like you're like baby's here. I got her to eyebrows in like three pushes. Wow, and, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, contrary to my body shape, I used to be a very fit person before I became ill. And so I had a connection to these muscles that was familiar to me. What yeah. she was asking me to do was familiar. Yeah. So I could, I don't know why I was able to connect these things, but I had a really good, strong core. So I was able to get things moving in the right direction. She was like, girl, we can have her here like now. And I was like, yes. So I'm doing my work. I'm doing my work. Stalling out, stalling out, stalling out. And I couldn't figure out what's going on. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to hear anybody's stuff. Give me my headphones. And so Nick gives me the headphones. I'm listening to some music and trying to get stuff going. And then I rip it out. And I look at her and she's like, three more pushes, three more pushes. And I finally just sit up and I'm like, you're a liar. Like, you're an actual liar. Why are you telling me this? What was happening was Nico was coming out and getting sucked back in. And they thought that it was my lack of, like, my pushes were weak. But she was very confused because she's like, okay, her pushes are obviously strong because I can see this damn kid, right? Yeah. But what is happening? So... I had been in labor for so long, they put in a monitor on her head a long time ago. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that they had done that. So they're doing that. And then um, so I'm pushing and there are people coming in and everything. And my mom, we didn't have a really good relationship and she got like stuck in there. And so my mom's like listening to me have like the worst labor anyone's ever heard or seen and um all of a sudden everyone starts kind of rushing around and I hear this noise and I'm looking at the monitor and I know the monitor because I've been in there for so long I know one's me and one's her I know this yeah and hers is gone Mm. there's nothing and it had been two hours and 20 minutes of pushing (gasps) and she had nothing she had no heartbeat 
And so, um, Pistol, she's short like us. And so she was already on this, like, table to see. Because <laughs> they lift you so high. Yeah, yeah. And um, she looked at me and she goes, she has to be born right now. You don't have three more pushes. She has to be born now. I need to get her now. And I just looked at her and I was like, I don't think I can. And she goes, you don't have a choice. You're the only one who can do this. You have to do this. So I'm pushing against a contraction. So there's oh. no contraction happening. And I'm pushing her. Oh, and Pistol man. goes up to her elbows in me to get my child. Oh, my god. And she pulls out Nicolette. And Nicolette is what was called a body cord baby. So remember, I'm telling you how active she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had her cord wrapped around her entire body so tight, <gasps> boa constrictor status, that she was up to her nose in cord. <gasps> no way. And oh my when gosh. she came when she came out, we were supposed to do all the crunchy things. <clears throat> delayed cord clamping, like all of it. Mm-hmm. And so they get her out, and she's like, she's beautiful, she's beautiful, and she's trying to keep all the things as connected to me as possible. And I appreciate her so much as a physician because her mindset was she doesn't look good, but if you get the baby on the mom, yeah, yeah. things start to happen. Yeah. So she put her on me, right? And Nick was sitting there and I was there. And we saw her face. And she like it wasn't her obviously, it was just her muscle. Uh-huh. Turned her head and she fell and she was gray. <gasps> and she had nothing in her eyes. Oh my gosh. And she had no heartbeat or breath. Mm. And so she was trying to like like everyone was going, It's okay, it's okay. Were they like, they like, were they like working on her like while you were trying to hold her and like was it just no, pure chaos? They it were, wasn't? they were hoping no, they okay. were hoping that like it would like shock her, you know. Okay, and, but yeah. they didn't wait too long. Okay, and then Nick knew because he worked in that hospital and people start quietly but quickly coming in and filtering out. They take her from me and they put her on the warmer. They cut the cord. They do whatever. And then while the door is open, he can hear the code button hit. Mm. And if you're in a military hospital, normally when a baby is born, they play a lullaby over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Everyone in the hall. I was the only woman delivering for the entire week. So all of our friends that were working in that hospital knew Ew. I was there yeah. and heard our baby code. So everyone runs in quietly good and they get her going and she did not breathe for 57 seconds. Oh my gosh. And they start to scramble for like actual, because there's no... If I would have known when I would have known now, I would have never delivered there because there was not they weren't pick you care equipped. Yeah. So they were talking about like medevacking her if we need like trying to really organize stuff. 
and my mom's looking at me and Nick's looking at me and I'm screaming at my mom, get over there, get over there. And she's like, Sophia. And I was like, she cannot open her eyes and not see family. She did. My mom goes, she saw you. And I screamed, she didn't see me. Mm. She wasn't alive. And so my mom's waiting there and I was just terrified that she was never going to be. So I just yelled at her. (laughs) I said, Nicolette Evangeline, this is not your choice. You don't get (laughs) to do this. You are here for a reason. You have to be here. And I'm like yelling at her, telling her how much I love her and that this isn't her choice. She has to be here. And she makes the tiniest noise ever, which is so funny because she's the loudest kid. (laughs) And she finally breathes. And she's pink. And I could hold her. And I nursed her. And she was, it was horrible. But after a minute, she woke up. The longest minute of your life, no doubt. I'd, of anyone's life. Yeah. That was there. Oh, my People gosh. People still that Nick works with or whatever tell that story. And then so everybody leaves the room, right? And I, again, they open the door. And remember, everyone in that room was a family friend. Right. And they were sobbing in the hallway. Oh, no. Because they did. And I talked later, you know? Yeah, yeah. I thanked them and they said, I didn't think, I didn't know if we were going to, if we were going to get to give you back, give her back to you. Yeah. And they knew how hard it was to get her here at all, you know, to become pregnant, to stay pregnant, to have her. And it was horrible. And then horrible nursing care after that. Honestly, this woman needs to be fired because she had no knowledge of breastfeeding care whatsoever. Stressed me out. Ultimately hurt my supply and my nursing relationship with Nicolette. It was just miserable. Mm. And just giving me expectations that now that I am, a you know, a, a seasoned mom, a seasoned nurser, I understand that's not even freaking possible. That's not attainable. Yeah. But it was awful. And then that whole night, it was Nicolette coughing and spitting up and choking and it unbelievable. Yeah. You unbelievable. slept. You didn't sleep. <laughs> no, but after I had her, like you said, I, I laughed when you were talking about having two, <laughs> two hams walking down the hallway because after I had her... I jumped because remember, I had them turn off my epidural. That was the rule. You had to turn off my epidural a million hours ago. Right. Right. So I could I didn't want it. So I made a deal after I had her. I hopped up. I nursed her. You know what I mean? We did skin to skin. Yeah. I nursed her skin to skin. Then once I gave her to Nick, I hopped in the shower. And I felt great. Yeah. That post baby shower is something to write home about. I had no I had no problems walking around. So I'm like, I don't know what happened to you. But I hurled Nicolette into this world. I was throwing up the entire time. And then I threw up for months after. Mm. That's. But we finally got to take her home. And then it was just nonstop postpartum scares after that. 
nonstop. Like, what do you mean postpartum scares? Um, I had, so people don't know this, but you can have, or a lot of people don't, I should say, that you can have something that they call silent eclampsia or, uh, postpartum preeclampsia wow and mine set in afterbirth and uh everyone was telling me so I was dizzy I was um I was disoriented I had vertigo I was nauseous I had those night sweats I was throwing up all the time blood pressure is out of control and um ultimately I was it caused bleeding, so it can cause bleeding. It can just mess everything up because your magnesiums are all or your magnesium levels all out of whack. Mm-hmm. So, I bled for thirteen weeks after I had her. Oh my! Yeah, gosh! And then because they gave me that fully, because you have to when you have an epidural, right? I got a bladder infection, which gave me BV afterwards. So they put me on antibiotics, which gave me thrush. Oh, so I'm having all of this stuff, all of this stuff, right? Up until, and this is all happening right after I had just had this traumatic situation. Then I go into the ER and I'm like, dude, I'm still bleeding. This is insane. They give me this medication called methogen. Methogen is something that they can give you to help clean you out so that you don't have afterbirth, residual afterbirth. But again, remember, I could talk to my doctor because she was my friend. And yeah. she's like, no, dude, like, I, you're straight. They couldn't find anything on the ultrasound, but they're like, something is not right. We're just going to give this to you and see what happens. So I take it. You have to take it, and I believe it's like similar to the abortion pill. Okay. Uh, from what I have been told, you take it, and then you wait, and then you take it again. Like it, you take it up, and then you drop it down. Like it's it's weird dosage. Okay. Okay. So they're giving me the funky dosage. I'm taking it. The next day, I'm supposed to go to a friend's kid's birthday party, and I'm feeling off, and I don't want to go call the doctor because there's been one physician in general. That I've been consistently getting on on-call times that is telling me I'm insane. Repeatedly. You're crazy. It's in your head. You're having a hard time being a mom, blah, blah, blah. Out of my mind, right? So they give me the medication and I'm telling Nick, like, I'm not feeling right. And he's like, can you just hold her? And I'm like, I can't. And I'm like, my head is dropping. And I'm like, please just put her down. So he puts her down in the bouncer and my head is falling and falling and I'm not, I'm not okay. And next thing I know, I'm, I fall off the couch and I'm on the floor and I see Nicolette and the little bouncer and her feet are going. And I think this is the last thing I'm going to see before I die. Oh my God. And I had a seizure (gasps) and Nick called 911 and the line was down and not, but like somebody had been calling, like the line was inoperable. So then he had to load Nico in the car. He had to load me into the car, rush us to the hospital. The whole time I'm screaming because I'm having bouts of seizures. And finally get me to the ER. They put me in there and everyone's overlooking me. Everyone's overlooking me. Well, because again, Pistol is my lifeline in more ways than one. Nick calls her and because I have her number in my phone. And she's like, do you want me to come? She leaves a baby shower, leaves someone, her f- dear friend's baby shower to tell other people oh how gosh. to take care of What me. an awesome person. And she's like, she's, 
she is amazing. She's the person when I was having gallbladder issues that was like, she needs to get it taken out. And they're like, well, she's too young. She goes, you put her on hormone therapy for endometriosis. She has excess stones. This is your fault. Take it out. And she was right. Like, she's amazing. So she was like, you're going to pull her off this, 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 and this. I don't care. They're like, you're not the doctor on staff. She's like, well, I'm going to be now. And so she took over my case. And the whole time I'm telling Nick how to raise her. Because my, again, blood pressure is through stroke levels. My heart rate's off the charts. I'm passing out, falling over, having seizures, like just staring at people and shaking. Oh, my gosh. And they're looking at me, and then they wait, and then they ask me questions, and then I, like, it was unbelievable bad. And I got admitted to the hospital for three or four nights, and Nico was three months old. Wow. Then after that. Then after that, um, Pistol and another person, um, I'll call her, they call her Deeds. Um, she, we had all the stuff done, right? All of the CAT scans, whatever, right? They thought I had had a stroke. That's how bad all of this was. I couldn't word find. I couldn't put my words together. Wow. Remember that time when I was on the, the, we were recording that podcast and I couldn't talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was this, that's what happens when my blood pressure gets high and okay. that's what happens when I'm sick. But that happened over weeks and weeks and weeks. So I literally would mean to say spoon and I would say bear or something like that. That's like it was, scary. It was terrifying. And you are very, and, for like the people that don't know, Sophia is like very wordsmithy. She's very articulate and super good with words. So for that to like be happening is a very mm. scary thing. It was the worst thing imaginable. I've always had command over my language. And to have that removed and have everyone think you're crazy, all I could think of was, like you had said about my birth, this is some medieval shit. Yeah. Like, what is happening? So finally, Deeds and Pistol have a conversation, and they're baby residents. All the other attendings are, like, so smart, right? Uh They're all figuring it out, whatever. Yeah. They slyly give me a prescription for magnesium. High, high magnesium. They're like, take it all the time. And people were like, she definitely doesn't have eclampsia. She doesn't have protein in her urine. And they were like, she has literally every single other symptom. What the hell kind of harm is it if we're going to give her magnesium? It's magnesium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they had and they had given me magnesium in the ER weeks and weeks before. And when I felt great and I could talk and I could move and everything, they told me I was a liar. And I was like, who comes in hustling for magnesium, bro? Yeah. Like, grow up. Yeah. So they give me the magnesium, and after about a month, I was solid. Wow. And when I went for prenatal care for Gabe uh, over here, Uh I was seen by a um, high-risk pregnancy specialist. Oh, good. Because I had all the same symptoms. And she looked through, and then, so then they farm it out to, so not only your physician sees it, because they take you on a case-by-case basis, and then furthermore, um, they farm it out to Duke as well to get a second pair of eyes. And she would Skype with me every few weeks to just, like, check in. And she was like, I reviewed your case, and some doctors don't even, but she goes, you know what's terrifying? Some physicians argue about whether silent eclampsia even exists. What? And I was like, how can this be debatable yeah and she goes because there's no protein in your urine but this very well could have full-on killed you oh my god stroked out and killed you oh that's so So scary with all that it was terrifying so 
I did have a lot of postpartum issues because then I kept having recurring thrush almost for a full year. So did Because you, once you get it, you really can't get rid of it. Yeah. Did you have thrush in your mouth or was because you were breastfeeding was it thrush everywhere on your breath? You, I had like thrush full body in my mouth oh my god full body because you were the one that had told me you had it in your mouth too yeah once. yeah I had it in, only in my so, mouth I had it in everywhere because it can get systemic so it gets in your oh, blood and then it moves so I had gosh. it in my boobs my mouth and my vagina I was putting <gasps> nice statin powder in my undie that makes me like you can't see but I'm doing like the Ugh, like yeah. T-Rex yeah. arms and cringe. Oh my gosh. So my postpartum, so my entire experience with Nico was hard. Then I got, then she had GERD. So mm. she was choking and I was just unbelievable. We finally was able to, finally were able to get her relief at 16 weeks. Um, We were able to get her seen to a proper Pete's GI who was able to medicate her. But come to find out now, she was being under-medicated. But at least she was being medicated at the time. She was able to eat a little bit more than she was. And she was able to have a better quality of life. But I did, like you had said, you didn't have any postpartum depression or anything like that. I didn't know. So in my first few days of being home, I was telling everybody, like, I'm sweating, I'm falling out of bed, I'm Ugh, feeling horrible, I'm yeah. shaking, I'm throwing up or whatever. And they're like, everybody had just written me off. Yeah, you just had a baby. It's she, normal. She, or you're, or they were even worse. They were saying, oh, she's got postpartum depression. Oh, really? And I'm like, well, even if I did, that doesn't explain everything else. Right. So I wind up having, so that doctor who's like, ignoring me right telling me it's in my head whatever he takes me to behavioral health I go to behavioral health right after like all this is happening or whatever and somebody sits me down and I'm like they're saying I'm having panic attack which probably yes but for me panic attacks happen as a result of uneven heartbeats and blood pressure right I can be doing fine and all of a sudden my heart does a funky thing and I'm on the ground yeah like it's it's not right it's still not right even after Gabe right and so the guy looked at me and he's after a few appointments, he's talking to me or whatever. And I see him regularly and he brings up and nobody knows this. So the fact that I'm saying this on the podcast is mortifying because I feel like it gets cheapened, but here it goes. And here comes the judgment, but here it is. Um, people had, he said, you have PTSD. And I said, I don't have PTSD. I didn't go to war. What are you talking about? I didn't go to, like, look at all these people who have done all these things. And he goes, yeah, well, none of those men that you're talking about, because you're talking about men in this scenario, because I was. And he goes, yeah. He goes, have ever fought to have this child and then become a coffin and then held their dead baby. Mm. And I said, well, <laughs> when Truth you bomb. put it like that. Yeah. So I started working through that. And then remember, I had to push her out against a contraction, and then my friend was inside my body. So yeah. I had to go to pelvic floor physical therapy for a long, long time just mm. to be able to pee. Ugh. And it was because a lot of people have problems holding it in. I couldn't let it go. Mm. So it was just awful. I didn't bond with her because I was afraid I wasn't going to get to keep her. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even and think about that aspect of it. I didn't think I was going to get to keep her. I was just sure she was going to die. Yeah. Oh, my Like, gosh. 100%. I was certain she was not going to make it. Oh, no. And so, which is so hard. 
because those moments you don't get back. Yeah, do you, you feel know? do you feel guilty? Yeah. Yeah. But I said it to I was talking to a friend once and she said, but I don't know anyone who has as fierce as a relationship with their daughter as you have with Nicolette. I don't know any kid who trusts their mom the way that Nicolette trusts you. And you fought for that. The two of you clawed for that. And now you're bonded in it. It's it's just so her and I, it's just profound. Yeah. I went in to hell to go get her and she brought me out of it. Yeah. Too. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, me saving her. She saved me too. And now the two of us are, she's my twin. She looks just like me. She acts just like me. She does all the things I do. And it, she calls me, she's our new thing to do now. She calls me you highness. Oh. Uh, and so she'll go, you, my you highness. It's <laughs> so cute. I love Nico. She's my spirit animal. <laughs> like her feisty spirit is like Ugh. it speaks to my soul in deep deep ways i just it's love her so hard i love but her she was just yeah ugh, she was made to i ugh, i tell people that i felt like she was my my test that this was because i didn't like you had said you always wanted to have kids. i never wanted to have kids oh that's so crazy to me because I never, <coughs> I always thought that it was going to be a bad idea. Yeah. I'm a very analytical person. You know this. So right. I was like, why would I ever get married? It's going to end poorly. Why would I ever want a child? I'm going to screw it up. You know, like yeah. whatever. And my mom and I did not have a particularly good relationship and my parents were divorced. So, and my mom was never, my mom was too busy providing for us and we had to go to day- daycare to have like my mom was not lovey to me. Yeah. She was, uh, I don't know how to say it. A provider? Like my, yeah. Like, yeah. she had to be too tough. You know what I right. mean? And so, like, she is a very different grandmother than she was a mother. So I've seen a different side of her as she's been promoted. And it's, like, that moment where she saw me become a mom and go through all that changed our relationship forever because she saw Nico not be Nico yeah and so even my mom and Nick we don't really like to talk they do more than I do but if the three of us are together with Nico sometimes she'll do things and there's like a quiet moment mm-hmm. where we're just like can you believe in awe how far that kid has come yeah because she has no delays She's a genius. Her emotional capacity is off the freaking charts. This child is connected in so many ways, and she's just more than I could ever deserve. Yeah. She's She's more than I deserve. She's more than anybody deserves because she's so... She really is just the victory of the people and the messenger of good news. Yeah. She's everything. But I felt like in that moment that God was like, do you want her? Because this is not going to be easy. She's not going to be easy. She's going to have, and she has a lot of medical issues that I got to focus on. And it was this, do you want her? Because she's so, so special. Do you want, I could give her to somebody else. Do you want her? And I had to fight to keep her. Yeah. But I don't know anything that was like that moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where you feel closer to sacrificing. It was just all worth it. And yeah. she's just like, 
All the good things. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Worth it. Just like, like you can just sum oh. it up as it like the whole experience as traumatic and horrible and awful from yeah. conception to after. I mean, the whole shebang was just miserable, but it was worth yeah. it, you know? <laughs> so everything went wrong, but it was just, I don't know. It was man. meant to be, it's though. Just, yeah. 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 I think it had to happen that way to make me the mother that I am. Yeah. Because I was so very. I had to per, like, I don't know if a lot of other people have had to do this. You have to put on masks as you, you know, grow up because you have to. I was a people pleaser. I had to be whoever I had to be to get it done. Not that I was not that I was pleasing other people, but I had to behave in a certain way for survival in different parts of my life. And it was always I was always still broken underneath while I was posturing that mm-hmm. I was okay. Yeah. And with Nico, after going through all of that, I was just like throwing birds at everybody. Like, I don't care. I have gone into hell. You can't affect me. Yeah. And it made me the mom I needed to be to care for her. Yeah. So as horrible and traumatic as Nico's yeah. story, is Gabe's completely nah, bro, different? It or It's so bad. Too? But did it like was it but it was different in the sense yeah, of how it was it very sucked? different. Okay. Yeah. So we went in fully prepared. We knew all that had gone wrong with Nicolette. Like I said, I had contingency plans on contingency plans. A bunch of people were ready to go and they let me do they let me do it like you had gotten to do it with Gibson. And this doctor is truly fantastic. If you are ever, and I will tell you this doctor because she is the best. If you are ever in North Carolina and you are by Pinehurst. There is a clinic called Pinehurst Surgical, and there's a women's health clinic within there. Dr. Jones is the absolute greatest. She is fantastic. She is amazing. She does a lot of crunchy things that I find. She is very empowering, and she is the perfect balance of, hey, we got to cut this out for safety, but also we're going to let it ride as long as we can because you're dope. So I love her. I've never met anybody that I love more in an OB than that because Pistol was a family medicine doctor. Mm. Um, So it was all, you know, all different. Yeah. But so she was very empowering throughout. And I never I didn't meet her until the end because you have to go through all the doctors, you know, while you're pregnant. And I just didn't find my fit until two times before I saw Gabe and they my blood pressure was like they would classify it as beautiful every single time that I saw him or I saw anybody. Oh, well, also, I pop positive for gestational diabetes, but they were very confused because the entire time they're telling me this one doctor's like, you got to not eat the carbs. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm following the diet and my blood pressure is so low. I'm passing out. Oh, and mind you, Nick is flying. Yeah. And my blood pressure is like 50 or my blood pressure, my blood sugar, 50, 60. Like it's trash. So ultimately working with the dietitian and the physicians are like, okay, so get off the diet and do whatever you want. And let's just see what it does. My blood, our blood sugar never spiked. Even when I was like packing on the carbs to see what would happen. It never changed. Huh. So ultimately after having Gabe, she was like, yeah, I don't think you ever had it. Sometimes when your body just goes through stress, you can have, you just don't respond. So apparently that test where you drink the glucose or whatever, Mm -hmm. It just shows that you have a lack of ability to regulate. Okay. So you could have hypoglycemia and um, 
like be too low. Right. It, it won't pop the same way. It doesn't tell you. It just shows that you can't regulate. It doesn't say that you have gestational diabetes technically. Okay. So I was like, okay. So it made more sense. And then right after I had Gabe and right after they took her blood, his blood sugar, she was like, oh, yeah, we, you, I didn't think you had it. But now that you're clear, like, do you? So she's like, we can redact it from your record. So I have that, right? I'm living as if I kind of have it, but not really. I'm checking my sugar as they suggest it, which is really like two days a week, maybe two or three times. Like it's it's nothing. Okay. And then um, no changes in diet after like three weeks. And then that was it. And then um, 34 weeks comes around and I start falling apart like I had with Nico, but they were ready for it. So my blood pressure starts doing funky stuff and – my lower number is higher than it should be, but my upper number is fine, and, and all of it's crazy. So 38 weeks roll around. By this time, I'd been coming in, and I called. I'm dizzy. I can't stand up. I can't really see. I'm throwing up out of control. Everything's going bad. And she's like, yeah, he's got to come out. Yeah, that's so crazy. Was, was your blood pressure, like, going yeah, wonky it, at that time? It was like one, yeah, okay. 160 over 90. Oh, okay. And I'm a low, low blood pressure okay. kind of person. So this was not good. So... She sends me and she's like, you got to come in right now, whatever. So we go, we go to have the baby and she's like, we are so packed right now. It's going to be hours before I can get you into a room. <gasps> Rude. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, they had like actual people like ready in birth, you know? Oh, so I was okay, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. She goes, so come back. So she goes, I don't want to send you home. And I was like, send me home if you let me come back tomorrow. Like, I would rather sit in my bed. I know what I'm doing now, you know? Yeah. And I had Nico with me. So I'm like, yeah, send me home. So we go home, come back the next day, or I'm like waiting for an induction call, right? Somebody canceled my induction (gasps) because it was on their medical license. So they're like, no, we're not going to induce for this. We're not going to do that. And she, so I showed up at my next OB appointment, right? And she's like, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) Right. Well, you should be having a baby. Yeah, she's like, where's your baby? And I told her what happened, and she's, like, the most professional boss. She walked out of that room, had the conversation, walked back in, and when I left my appointment, you could tell that everyone had just been, like, annihilated. Yeah. And so she was like, we're going to do a test and see what happens. If you can't pass this test, you're having the baby, point blank, at the end of the day. Or, like, that's what you have to do. I was like, all right. Couldn't pass the test, duh. So... We walk over there and I get started. They induce me six ways to Sunday. So I get probably three rounds of Cytotec again, ride it. Nothing's really happening. They give me the Foley bulb and the Cytotec while it's happening. Oh, no. And I'm walking because they're trying to do, they're trying to do me all the favors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm walking, trying to get it going. I'm not on any pain meds or anything else like that. So few hours in, Lacey, I'm at a four. I'm like, dude, I can do this. Uh, yeah. I can have this freaking baby. Because that sucker falls out. And I'm like, yes. Then they give me some more side attack through the night. So I probably had like five rounds. They come in to check me the next morning. And I'm down to a three from a five. Oh, no. And I'm like, excuse me? That's not how this is supposed to work. Uh, what? It can do that? So, yeah. The same way that your freaking water can repair itself, you can reverse dilate? Uh, I don't know. So Then, ultimately, they're like, we're going to put you on Pitocin. And I'm like, I don't do well on Pitocin. The second they give it to me, do you remember that horrible feeling I told you what happens to me when I get the other medication? Uh Uh-huh. Same. 
instant thing what happened with Pitocin. Oh, no. And they were like, oh, well, we're going to add this to your allergy list. Synthetic Pitocin, you're allergic to it. No wonder you were so screwed up your entire labor. Like, no wonder you don't even remember it because this messes with you. And they've linked this to postpartum depression, which is fantastic because I had it two times. Oh, my gosh. So they immediately pull me off of Pitocin. So I've had the Cytotec. I've had, the, for people keeping count, the Cytotec, the Foley bulb, Pitocin, and now my only natural option uh, before C-section is nipple stim. And Yay. for those of you that don't know, it's it's not fun and it can be quite painful. And I did nipple stim for five hours. What? Did you, do you still have nipples? I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was made for this. I can't get the babies gnarly. out, but I can nurse them. So everyone has their talents. Um, And so I did all of this and my contractions were off the freaking charts. Like, and I know that it's not an accurate reading all the time, but the peak, you couldn't even see the peak, how high it was registering these painful contractions. Oh and I was getting no dilation. And the guy that canceled my damn induction was there running my labor before Jones could come. Ooh. And he's doing a check and he breaks my freaking water. <gasps> and so mind you, I've had the side attack and I've been doing like five rounds of it. I had had the Foley bulb. For those of you that haven't had it, it's like a truck that of like a brick that gets pulled out because it's so like it makes everything so raw in there because it's tugging you open. Mm -hmm. So any type of touching was so much worse than it needed to be. And he goes in there with the hook and he opens it and I am screaming was he because supposed I've never to experienced. Yeah, that? but they just didn't like really warn me as oh, much okay. as they okay. should I thought, have. If, I'm sorry. I thought it was like an accidental rupture. I was no, like, no. He had said, he had said no work because this was Jones's plan. None of this is working. Breaker water. Okay. And then he's telling me we can't break the water. She, the uh, Gabe is too high. It'll kill him. Okay. Then 30 minutes later, he's like, let's break your water. And I'm like, what the fuck? Wait no. a minute. Yeah. Like none of this makes any sense. So ultimately... They wind up breaking the water. The contractions are coming in hot, doing the nipple stim, getting all that. So I'm induced five ways, actually five ways. Oh, my god! Because you got the Cytotec. You've had the Foley bulb. You've tried the Pitocin. We tried the water breaking, and we've got the nipple stim. Uh. Five ways. And I'm closing back up. You're still so, you're still closing still back up. Still closing oh my back gosh. up. Uh. So after 30 hours, she comes in, and she's looking at me. And the nurse, one of the nurses was great. The other nurse was like pushing the pain meds. And I was like, I already had a baby when I didn't have an epidural. I need to be able to feel what's going on in order yeah. to be effective. Yeah. I'm not, especially with what happened with Nicolette, I need to be in full control. Not no matter what happens. Not interested in your drugs. Yeah. Like damn the consequences. Bring it on. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're trying to get it all sorted out and she comes in and I just looked at her and I said, please I can't get him out. Please save him. Because you could see him cycle. Yeah. And he was not doing well. And I said, I can't get him out. You have to get him out. Save my baby. And so, and remember, I'm allergic to all these pain meds, which are very common in anesthesia. So from that moment, they run me down. She, the head of anesthesia is there to monitor absolutely everything. They start to get everything done. They have what's called a stork nurse 
uh, program, uh-huh. which is where a nurse gets assigned to you and the baby. And she never leaves your side. Oh, wow. And her entire job is to make sure you bond with the baby. Oh, that's amazing. So, oh my gosh. So I'm there. Rush me down 30 minutes from the time where she goes, sure, let's have a baby. I'm holding Gabe. What? 30 damn minutes. So C-section. Emergency C. And the whole time I'm like freaking out because I honestly think they're going to poison me. I'm going to die. Yeah. Right? Like that's all I ever think. They're going to poison me. I'm going to die. Yeah. So they have you put your arms, like, well, it was funny because they gave me the shot in the back and they were like, you didn't even move. I was like, you told me not to move. It does what it's told. They're like, no, I'm just shocked. And so then they put me back and um, you put your arms through the things, right? Mm-hmm. So I put my arms through the things and they're like, if you move, and I told them, if I start to fight you, knock me out, please. Like, knock me out. They go, we will. So then I start to shake. While this is happening. And I go, I'm not trying to untangle myself. I'm sorry. And he says, no, we call those the birthquakes. And I said, I remember having them when I had my daughter, but I didn't think I was going to have them this time. He goes, honey, you're still having a baby. Yeah. And I cried. And so she got Gabe out. Put, I don't even know I could do anything in 30 minutes. Hell, she just delivered my baby. No problem. Everyone was laughing and having a good time. They weigh Gabe. He looks fantastic. And he's crying. Yay. Like so much immediately. Yeah. yeah. And they bring him over. And the stork nurse, right? She's like, bring him over. And Nick goes to kind of, she, Nick doesn't really know what to do in this scenario. And I said, go see him. And um, another nurse had said, like, hold him, dad. She goes, no, he doesn't get to hold him. He goes to his mom. Wow. And like that's how awesome she was. And so she brought him over and I said, uh, Gabe was crying and I called him. I said, Gabe, I'm right here. And he stopped crying. Aww. And they brought him over to me and they put him on my chest and he stared at me and his eyes were open and he was pink. Aww. And I said, "You," I said, uh, I just looked at him and I said, I'm your mom. And he looked at me and then I told the stork nurse, I said, I have to nurse him. And she goes, oh, well, we're going to do that in the PACU. And Gabe did the crawl thing. He crawled up and latched himself. Oh, isn't that the coolest? Uh, he crawled up and latched himself. And she she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so um, we were in the PACU. She stayed the whole hour. They all stayed the entire time. And I'm thanking everyone profusely. And everyone's looking at me. And the anesthesiologist was so sweet. He was petting my hair. While Nick was away to like keep me calm and like rhythm, you know, rhythmic movement. Yeah. And he was so sweet. And so when we were in the PACU, the nurse was there. I said, you know, Nick was staring at him. I said, you can have him. She goes, no, he can't. He can have him in an hour. Like was so good the whole way out. And it was just so even though it was hard and I never dilated, you know, none of that happened. And I ended up in an emergency seat. I would do Gabe's labor a million times before I would do Nico's one And I wish that I could go back and do Nico's the way I did Gabe. You know what I mean? I just wish. It It could be better because it was was just so... The feeling was just so much better. Yeah, well, and it just goes to show that, like, your staff can make or break yeah. a situation. And the yeah. situation can be awful, but if the staff that is taking care of you is extraordinary, yeah. it like overcompensates for the terrible experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So and she did such a great job. I recover from surgery so poorly. Everyone, you know, who really knows me knows this. And I recovered from that C-section like a freaking champ. I could not believe I thought I was going to be on my ass. And Nick had deployed scheduled to deploy at five weeks. So I'm like, I'm never going to make this like I don't know how I'm going to survive. I was walking around um, like no problem. Nico, I almost died, though, because Nico kept saying a word that didn't sound right. I'm almost done, okay. And I laughed so hard that I, like, it hurt so bad I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that's that's She kept saying, she kept saying, um, who farted? Who farted? But she didn't mean that. She meant something else, like, who found it? Or, no, she kept saying, I farted, but she meant I found it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bust my stitches and die. But... That was, that was it. Yeah. It was so much Aww. better. I know. And I got to bond with him. Yeah. The, I love the, the stork nurse idea. Like how. Oh, it's so good. It's so like simple and basic and like. Genius. Yeah. And genius at the same time. Like I can't even mm. imagine like the success they have with breastfeeding yeah kangaroo care i mean all of that because it sounds like they're there to just completely like yeah it just yeah they're literally just there to make sure that everybody else stays away and you bond with yeah oh so so incredible i love that i feel like every hospital should do that and maybe they do i don't know i had like i said i had mine on base and they do things differently so well not every hospital does but every hospital should right exactly Okay, so now that I have had all of that to share, I am going to take us to the pit because we need some levity, but also one of them is going to make you cry. So Aww. there's that. Lay it on me. <laughs> um, So while I was pregnant with Nico, she loved the song Brand New by Ben Rector. That was always the one that really got her dancing. Aww. Um, So that was really sweet. And I brought this other song in, well... Let me rearrange. So Brand New was what she really loved. Now, Gabe really never took to any particular song while he was pregnant or while I was pregnant with him. Or <laughs> uh, I do that all the time. <laughs> or um, his first, like, year, really. Um, but he really cares about Check Yes, Juliet by We The Kings. <laughs> yes, that is he such screams, a good song. He screams, rock and roll! <laughs> Yes. So that's the song I chose for him. Aww. Now, there is a song that got me through the deployment uh. because I was having such a hard time with Nico being willful and confused and sad and Nick being or Gaby being brand new. Like, I didn't know what to do with any of it. And it was hard. Yeah. And um, I'm by myself out here. There's there's really nobody. So um, my mom had told me that somebody that she knew knew this song and I should listen to it. And every single time I hear this song, I cry. So I'm going to read you the words. Okay. Um, because a lot of it is just, it's too good. And after you hear the story, this, I need to read this in full. Okay. So it says, welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind. You're tethered to another. You're worried all the time. You always knew the melody, but never heard it rhyme. She is fair and she is quiet. Lord. She doesn't look like me. She made me love the morning. She's a holiday at sea. The New York streets are busy, as they always used to be, but I am the mother of Evangeline. 
The first thing she took from me were selfishness and sleep. She broke a thousand heirlooms that I was never meant to keep. She filled my life with color, canceled plans, and trashed my car. But none of that is ever who we are. Outside my windows are the mountains and the snow. I'll hold you while you're sleeping, and I wish that I could go. All my rowdy friends are out accomplishing their dreams, but I am the mother of Evangeline. And they've still got their morning paper and their coffee and their time, and they're still enjoying their evenings with the skeptics and the wine. Oh, but all the wonders I have seen, I will see a second time from the inside of the ages through your eyes. You are not an accident where no one thought it through. The world has stood against us, made us mean to fight for you. And when we chose your name, we knew that you'd fight the power too. You're nothing short of magical and beautiful to me. Oh, I'll never hit the big time without you. So they can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine. Because I am the mother of Evangeline. Oh my gosh. Did you write that song? Because that is like (laughs) so perfect for you every time and Nico. I hear it, oh my gosh so like it's so there yeah every time I'm having a hard time I just she is everything she's my people say like oh you know she's a they say you know about little girl she's a wildflower no she's a wildfire yeah she is my wildfire child yeah and she's amazing. And she can burn everything down if you let her go, but she can also clear pasture if you need it. Yeah. So, so what's the help name? Her. What's what's the name of the song and who sings this it? This is the song Evangeline and it's by Brandy Carly. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard now, that. So I'm going to have to listen to it. Oh, and it's acoustic oh. and she sings it to her daughter and oh. then her daughter mouths the words. Oh. Ugh. Right in the field. So bad. Yeah. So then the song that I chose for Gabe that I just kept singing to him over and over again was High of 75 by Reliant K. Oh, I love Reliant K. It's so good. So um, to, there's a part of it um, that says, and tomorrow I know will be rainy at best. And the forecast I know is that I'll be depressed. Because remind you, I'm having... PPD again. Right. I'm having a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I'm still experiencing silent eclampsia after Gabe and my husband is gone. Ugh. So the forecast I know is that I'll be depressed, but I'll wait outside hoping that I'll catch sight of the sun because there's no sun when I need it in North Carolina. And it says because on and off the clouds have fought for control over the sky and lately the weather has been so bipolar and consequently so have I. And now I'm sunny with the high of 75 since you took my heavy heart and made it light. And it's funny how you find you enjoy your life when you're happy to be alive. Aw, that is and he so, was, yeah. It, he was just my sunshine. He was such a sweet, happy, lovely baby. Nico used to call him her fat potato Aww. because he was just so fat and sweet. Yeah. And he was. He was just, when I looked at him, he was just, he made me happy to be alive. Aww. Both of them. Well, thank you. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you sharing your story because, like I said, we've been friends for, like, nine years almost, I think, right? And I I remember you mentioning that things did not go well, but you Mm. never went into detail about both deliveries of the kids 
And I know that you were really nervous about going there and kind of opening up those wounds. And I just so appreciate your vulnerability because I know that that is not like a thing that we do very well. And I hope that in maybe discussing it in detail like you did, you can find some sort of release and peace in that. And I just... I love you, and I'm so glad that you're a warrior woman who brought these amazing little kids into the world, and I just, I appreciate you so much and your story and who you are and where you come from, and that you shared it with me. Like, I feel like I'm wrapped in love right now because of sharing it, you know what I mean? Do you want to feel even more wrapped in love is that I remember you from my birth story. Because you had been texting me from... Uh, Nebraska. Yeah. And you had texted me and you said, I had this feeling that you, and I'll never forget it. And like, I was in the hospital for eons, right? Uh So Nick responded back and I said, um, like, she's here or something. And you said, I wanted to FaceTime you last night because I had this gut feeling you were doing your thing and I wanted you to know you were going to be okay. I did that? See, I don't uh-huh. even remember. Oh, I'm so I'm so awesome. <laughs> Obviously. But it was Aww. like I remember little messages that people had sent me that yeah. I did not respond to. Like there were so many pe- not a lot of people knew I was in labor, but I had a few friends that knew and family that knew there were that were just you know, texting me on my phone or Nick and sending overwhelming love and then after we had posted that Nico was born the responses were so wonderful I had like two friends that had posted she's here and she's amazing and it was just great same thing with Gabe like I just I learned after Nico though that I got to protect I needed to protect my privacy so we didn't share our pregnancy with Gabe for a really long time and then afterward when Nick was gone I just became a hermit and I lost a I will admit I've I've lost a lot of friends because of my need to shut down yeah. to make it through because sometimes my health isn't great and sometimes my children's health isn't great and I need everything to survive so I'm not really a great friend um but I have made and that that's hard for me because that was such a big part of my life. Being a good friend, that was always something so high on a priority and how people would describe me. Yeah. And I took pride in that, but I've had to let a, like I've lost a lot of friends and I don't blame them. Um, and I've had to forfeit being a good friend for being a better mom. Yeah. Well, and I feel like at the end of the day, those friends, and I will use that term lightly that you have lost over the years after being a mom, they probably truly weren't really your friends to begin with if they can't understand where you're coming from and have that um, empathy for you and and what you go through and all of that and your birth experience. And just, you know, if you can't, I, you know, you can't always relate, but if you can't try to understand Those people are garbage anyway. Like, no offense, but... No, I think it's just hard. I think that they're growing too fast for me or I'm growing too slowly for them or too fast for them and we're just on different paths and that's fine. Love, like, all the prayers in the world. Right. But I can't... I made my choice. Yeah. And I would rather be a better mother 
been a better friend. Yeah. I just, I can, none. Yeah, I can relate. I'm done making excuses and feeling sorry for all of my shortcomings. Like, I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. that's, that, these horrific births <laughs> made me able to be strong enough. Like, if I could be that strong for them, I, I should probably dig down deep for myself, too. And yeah. give myself grace to reach. not feel bad, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Totally. So that's my pit. That's my story. Head on over to our Instagram at Rock and Roll With It Podcast and share your labor and delivery memes and also your stories and reach out if you've had any of these oddities so I don't feel so alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And please be gentle with us because... It's not easy to talk about these things, so I would love to hear your guys' stories as well. But if you, like, think we are miserable, (laughs) (laughs) then maybe critique another episode. (laughs) Yeah, because whoever you are that left the four rating (laughs) on our iTunes, I'm coming for you. Okay, Just, (laughs) just let that be known. Oh, you better so watch funny. your back. <laughs> so, like, leave us feedback, but really, like, we say we want constructive criticism, but we don't. So if you don't have anything nice to, be to honest, say, you say it. you want constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah. I'm honest enough to be like, I have a fragile ego. Only nice things, please. Well, see, I thought I did. But then, like, when I saw that four, I was like, I'm coming for you. Like you, who do you think you are? Uh, Nick saw it and he said the same thing that you did. And he was like, first of all, isn't the four kind of a slap in the face? Isn't a three better than a four? Mm. Isn't a three like I honestly don't like you and a four is like, eh, I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah. I've had better. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, exactly. So um, don't don't be like that four. OK, take that negativity yeah. elsewhere. Like they say on Super Troopers too, you can like it or love it. That's right. Those are your only options. Yes, yes, that is so right. Shout out to Farba. Okay, he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was all of it, guys. Come back next week because we've got some good stuff coming. So until next time, do your best, try your hardest, and rock and roll with it. Bye.